Hello everyone. This is Wes Colton with Introvert Unbound. This is the fifth episode of the Introvert Unbound podcast and we have Richard with Introvert Going Out. Richard is in the UK and he has a blog that talks about his experiences, sometimes funny, sometimes charming, uh, to do with his going out into the world and socializing as an introvert. So welcome, Richard. Thank you very much for having me. And what a, what a lovely intro there. Oh, well, that's my specialty, as you can see. <laughs> so let's talk introversion, Richard. So okay. I assume you were born that way. Is that correct? Um, I guess I guess that's uh, very possible. I mean, I don't know if it's a learned trait or a natural characteristic, but I think we fall into these patterns probably quite early on. Um, and for me, it was quite clear from a very young age that I kind of preferred to keep myself to myself and I kind of I wouldn't put my hand up in class and volunteer an answer or approach people I didn't know and just begin talking. So I don't know if I was born with it, but it was something that I was kind of I was kind of aware of and conscious of from I don't know, I guess from the age of around five or six. Sure. I don't know when these kind of things develop, but um, to give you a little anecdote, mm -hmm. I can remember being at school in the classroom and having this terrible pain in my ear, this terrible earache. And I'm pretty sure I was in, I was close to tears, if not in tears. And I had this, this fiery red ear and people were saying to me, oh, are you okay? What's wrong? And such was my shyness and desire not to have any attention to, to me. I preferred to just kind of sit there suffering in silence and say, oh, I'm actually in agony. <laughs> Can you call my mom? I want to go home. And that's kind of one of my earliest uh, recollections of, I don't know, I guess, introversion and, and being that kind of nervous person around, you know? Yeah, well, that's pretty indicative, I think, of sometimes the obstacles that us introverts have. And of course, mm. you know, no one should be suggesting that introverts can't be introverts and that there's anything wrong with being introvert. But that's obviously an example of a situation in which speaking out might have been good for your physical health. Yeah. So as you got older, uh, what benefits and what obstacles did you sort of see in your life because of your introversion? So I think that, um, I think, I mean, going back to my education, I think I recognized that it was an obstacle then because I would quite often know answers to things, not volunteer them and things like that. And I think typically as a, as a child, you're, you're, you're forced into these kind of situations where you're in groups like socially if you want to keep yourself to yourself then you can but if you're in a classroom then it's almost like you're on display and if you never talk and I rarely spoke then it's kind of like you're known you're known to be that person who's very very quiet and so as the years went by I didn't really like being that person 
And so I was like, there's someone, there's, there's people in this class that always volunteer answers and they're happy to speak to anyone. And even though they look a bit stupid and a bit silly and they get things wrong, mm -hmm. they don't seem to mind. Mm -hmm. and I really, I really envied that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought if they, if they can do it and it doesn't bother them, no one thinks any less of them. They're just as popular, popular anyway in the class. Mm -hmm. That that would be that would be a great you know situation to be in. And you know when I went to university at the age of eighteen, it's kind of sink or swim. I think I think you you find that you find that there's a lots and lots of different people, and some of them you'll get on with, and some of them you won't. I was quite lucky that I was encouraged out of my shell by the people that I was in the dorm, um, in the uh, in the halls of residence with in my first year of university. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bumping into people in the kitchen and things and it's like, hey, you coming out for a beer and come with us to this and go with us to that. And I think if I'd have been in a different environment whereby people weren't quite so almost pushy mm -hmm. uh, then I, I could easily have gone the other way and I could have regressed hmm. and gone into my shell and just been a bit like I don't know become a bit of a hermit sure um, the challenge that I faced after that was people not understanding <laughs> that I wanted to decline mm -hmm. social occasions just because uh, you know how introversions is Right. Too much interaction is just exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like consecutive evenings out or seeing people all day is is just it just it's just energy sapping. Right. To the point where you you, you want to say no to people and but not seem rude, you know. Right. Well, I think these days people have a little bit better understanding of the whole introvert extrovert. Mm. Uh, ambivert concept so you know years ago i think it could be more viewed as oh this person is antisocial. this person doesn't like me this person's just a dick or a hermit and i think these days people are a little more understanding and accepting do you find that's the case yeah i think i think i think it has been brought to the fore a lot more even in the last five to ten years mm -hmm. um and and there's a bit more understanding around the fact that it's a a sliding scale you know mm. from from introversion to extroversion as opposed to well I am an introvert or I sure. am an extrovert and so so I where would you we... consider yourself on the scale so let's say you know extreme introvert to you know moderate to ambivert. Yeah. well on my on my blog um, I talk about this um, on introvertgoingout.wordpress.com and I say that on a scale of one to a hundred, if one was being heavily introvert and 100 being out, outgoing, I'm somewhere around the 35 mark. Okay. So that's not, you know, horrendous, um, but I would <laughs> say that it used to be a lot higher and I think it's changed um, as the years have gone by. Um I don't think that it's something that I kind of consciously did. And I think that it takes, it takes a long time. I think it can be very, I think it's a very gradual process. 
Yeah. But I think that in, in any given situation or environment, depending on the number of people in the room, how familiar you are with them and all kinds of other things, that number is fluid. That's a really good point. It's not a static kind of thing where you're always this way. You know, we're human beings. We fluctuate over time. And hell, during the day, we even every hour, there's just a different mindset going on. Well, what I really like about your blog and why I wanted to contact you was because what you're putting out there is a little bit different than a lot of the other introvert sites and Twitter accounts, etc. A lot of them, I follow them and I, I get some good information, but a ton of them seem to be about, I don't want to say using introversion as a crutch, but almost. Like, it's okay that you've been a shut-in for the last six weekends in a row. That's just who you are, and you need to love yourself for that. And personally, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I don't buy that. I, I think that obviously you got to be able to recharge. Obviously, if you enjoy doing things on your own, do that but i'm going to read just one little line from your blog that i think i think this is a perfect summation here uh, sure. this is from your post stop thinking start acting and uh it's it's actually a it's a funny little story about going to this uh it's basically like a, a sort of a singles event kind of thing uh yeah. it's it's quite good but uh the the little phrases <laughs> here you. are uh do things you wouldn't normally do. Speak to people you wouldn't normally speak to. Be uncomfortable. Comfort and growth cannot exist. Act. Don't think. Just do. I'm exercising a muscle here. My do muscle is being awakened after being dormant for too long, and I need to keep exercising it. So going to this event was exactly what I should be doing. That summates a lot of what I'm trying to do with Introvert Unbound. And mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit more about that concept? Because I think you sum it up perfectly. Yeah. So basically, it's I mean, I think of it, you know, humans are kind of habit machines, basically. So whatever you're used to doing, you know, you will keep doing that. And yeah, I kind of think of it as as a as a muscle that needs to be exercised like anything else. And um, we spoke a little bit before about um about this and how you know it's it's not something that you can just magically turn off and on but once you once you start exercising that muscle and doing things you're uncomfortable with then the next time that you that you go that you that a situation um appears or an opportunity arises it won't be quite so painful. So, the, the, you know, the first time you, you go to the gym, mm -hmm. you're not going to start off lifting the heaviest weights in the room because you're going to get crushed. Mm -hmm. So you start off with whatever your muscle can kind of do and you push it a little bit. So you'll push it so that it hurts, so that it feels like you're lifting a weight, but you don't want to do much, do too much too soon. So the kind of the, the questions that I ask myself is, is this something that I want to do? Is it going to be probably a little bit awkward? And am I going to feel uncomfortable? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then I know that I'm probably on the right track and that I should go ahead with it. And that mm -hmm. it's not, it's that is not the time to go. Yeah, but I, I'm an introvert, so I've got a ready-made excuse that that's my personality trait. Right. And I and I do agree that 
is easy to use it as as a reason or a crutch, as you said before. Um, that it's just something you can fall back on. It's like you know, do you want to come for a run with me? Oh, I can't. I've got a broken leg. Like right. like, but you wouldn't want to go running anyway, perhaps. Right. So I I think it's too easy to just go. Well, it's who I am. If you want to change, then you can change. You don't you don't have to be that person so i didn't have i don't have to be stay around the 35 mark of being an introvert right well i think those are amazing points that you're making and again i do think we need to accept who we are largely i think it's a fact that as an introvert we do enjoy alone time time in small groups that is our recharge time but that does not mean that we are incapable of going out there talking in large groups we might not be able to maintain that as long or do that every night for you know months on end. Like my mom is an example of uh, probably close to an extreme extrovert. My dad is an extreme introvert, which is really interesting. And so my mom, I see it. She like gets high off of talking to just random people at the grocery store for, for no damn reason. You know, I, I don't yeah. even advocate that. Like she's just, <laughs> she's kind of just babbling. She's an intelligent woman, but she's just sort of, babbling because that's like her drug so obviously that's not part of our constitution but i think my dad for instance he'll just be like oh that will be too much effort i'm not gonna do that so he doesn't so i've tried to i mean i'm probably genetically somewhere in the middle but honestly i am closer to an extreme introvert or at least a lot of my patterns have been but over the years i have actually people when i tell them that i'm an introvert they don't believe me. They think I'm joking. And they don't realize that I spent literally all day working at home on the computer, not talking to a single person. And then I went out and, you know, was chatty for two to three hours. Yeah. And I think, I think, I, I think there is still some misunderstanding and misconception around that. Yeah. Uh, because so, so my, my day job, it involves talking to a lot of people. Um, not not large groups at once, but sometimes consecutively one after the other. Mm. Um, I kind of have consultations with them uh, that can be 45 minutes to an hour. And I'll probably get a gap of about two minutes before the next one comes and sits, sits with me. Wow. And by about number, I'd say by the, by the end of number three, certainly the end of number four, I am exhausted. Like, I can't, <laughs> I feel sorry for number five and number six because they, they just don't get the best of me at all because by that point I just need some, some alone time, do you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. kind of like, it's not that I didn't enjoy chatting with them or that I don't enjoy chatting with people, Yeah. I just, I can't, I run out of batteries, my 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 charge just, just needs, I just need to be recharged. Yeah. Um, that's understandable, and that's part, I mean, I think that's the case for even people who don't consider themselves introverts who are in those situations sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Depending sure, on, sure. well, I'm not going to pry into that, but so are you more listening in those situations, or are you equally engaging in the conversation? Uh, it, 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 de it depends. Um, it can be, I'd, I'd say I'm about 60% listening most of the time. Okay. But, so, well, I have this theory, and I've been teaching it a bit. It's worked for me. It's worked for some some guys. Um, I say guys because those are typically the folks that I've been consulting with. But this this is my theory, and I'm curious what you think about this. So um, sometimes what happens in 
conversations as an introvert is obviously we get drained. Uh, a lot of the time it's because we're in conversations where we're not really at the helm. So maybe we're talking with somebody who is the really chatty extrovert at the party. So they're going on and on about their life and you know, we stop really caring, but then we're just politely participating. And that's when I notice my energy levels drop the most. So when I started doing something counterintuitively, instead of at say a party or other interaction, I'm just like, how do I put in as little effort as I can to maintain my muscle or to, sorry, maintain my battery? I say, you know what? I'm going to go hard and I'm going to steer the conversation to something that actually energizes me. And even though there's more output in the beginning, I find that I can sustain myself longer because I'm not being bored stiff by somebody just, you know, nattering on and on. So I'm not sure if your situation at work is a little bit different, but perhaps some of that has to do with the fact that you're obviously going to be talking about what thing they want to be talking about. Just a theory. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd go along with that. I mean, I... Because I I have to be um, so it's a, it's kind of an advisory position. Sure. It's helping people with um, their next stage of employment or training or education, things like that. Great. So I have to be I have to be actively listening, regardless right. of of how interesting I think um, what they're saying is. Yeah. So it's your use job. all these active listening skills, like to make sure that. Um, uh, they know they've been heard and understood, so I'm reflecting back to them. So I, I, I can't be passive because I'll get found out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you can't say, oh, that's not interesting. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's your job. You're getting paid to be a professional there. Yeah, it's not the same as just socializing. So I could see how yeah. just by nature that would be draining. I mean, that's hard work. It's important work. Yeah, yeah I think so. On, on the other hand, I know people that can't get enough of it. Okay. And they could they could go all day and you know next and they want it and they'll talk endlessly they'll listen endlessly sure they'll have opinions on everything right um, and I find that after a little while I just want to clam up and I don't know run away for a little while <laughs> yep no I totally understand that <laughs> so what was your impetus for starting your blog introvert going out. And I should also mention you're on Twitter at 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 introvert going. That's right. Yeah. Um, so there was there was two two main reasons. <clears throat> excuse me that that prompted that prompted me. So basically, I decided um, probably a couple of months ago now that I want to undergo a career change. Huh. Um, I'm not happy um, with my line of work. I don't enjoy it. And I, I want to get out there and do something else. I've job hopped a little bit and I've never really found something that really um, to sink my teeth into and makes me, you know, jump out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And personally, I think life's too short to um, spend, you know, the next however many years of my life just going through the motions, clocking in at nine, clocking out at five and you know, waiting for the clock to tick down either to the weekend or my next two week holiday in six months time. Mm-hmm. So um, I started a course and I went to a, this workshop that they they delivered and two things came out of it. And one of them was to just start doing things that you enjoy. 
without any real end goal, without you know any kind of um, target, just start doing things you enjoy, things that you've not made time for that you enjoy. I was like, okay, that's that's all right, that's a good start. So um, I've done a little bit of blogging before. It's like I stop, I stopped doing that. I don't really know why. I just stopped making time for it. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that again. Good. So um, the second reason was that they told us on this workshop that you need to meet people in order to facilitate a career change. Mm. You're not going to find your 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 calling uh, in the professional arena just by searching for job vacancies online and doing these online tests about what you might be good at because if that worked then I would have figured it out by now and I'm 33 I haven't figured it out so 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 they said you need to meet people you need to expand your network you need to get out there and talk to them you need to make connections you need to do things you wouldn't normally do talk to people you wouldn't normally talk to and so when they were saying all this I was sitting there going oh my god Hmm. this is bad news if if you're (laughs) If you're more of an introvert than an extrovert, then this was whatever the opposite is of music to my ears. Um, <laughs> however, I I kind of was like, well, I, I'm I'm so fed up with my work situation and years of just kind of bouncing from job and not being that happy mm-hmm. um, that I'm willing to do whatever you tell me needs to be done. <laughs> and so it was at that moment I was like, I'm just gonna have to suck it up, like. Mm-hmm it hasn't worked for me so far I'm gonna have to do something else and there's that expression if you do what you've always done then you'll um, get what you've always gotten so that was when I made the connection that well what if I blog about this what if I blog about the difficulties of an introvert needing to expand their network and meet people and make connections and do things they wouldn't normally do and I kind of found that it made it made sense to, to connect the two like that um, and also I find that if you take ownership of something that you're afraid of and that you're uncomfortable with and you and you put it out there and you and you see it and you and you kind of express it then it makes it a little bit less daunting well this is what my experience is anyway a little bit less um, scary because it's like, well, this this is how I am. This is this is how I feel. Let's let's just lay it out there. Right. So um, they were they were kind of the main reasons, and it gives it a sense of accountability as well. So if I've created a blog where I'm going to document my trials and tribulations of trying to expand my network and trying to be more extrovert and talk to people and approach strangers and all these things. Yeah then um, I can't very well start a blog and say, this is what I'm going to do and, you know, create this, you know, place where it's all going to be and then abandon it. Yeah. Because I, you know, e- even if I've got no readers, yeah. <laughs> then... Um, well, you've, got, you've got one at least. I've got one, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have I more mean, than that. My audience may well have doubled after this, but... Um, <laughs> It feels it feels like um, you're accountable to to somebody else as well. So if, yeah. if that makes sense, um, absolutely it does. Yeah, I mean you can't start out your introvert going out blog and then there's like two months of nothing and then you have a post. Well, I didn't go out. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to sort of be that 
that person so it was it was like I know this is what I need to do it ties in with something that I enjoy and I do enjoy writing and so I was like yeah let's give it a whirl and I'm only you know a few a few weeks into into the blog I've written I think maybe four blog posts Uh I've got about three more lined up of stories that I've um adventures that I've had so to speak so it's just a case of finding the time to do it I'm going to try I try and get them out there weekly good um to give it some rhythm um and aside from the the career change thing there was another factor which was on a personal level I'm at an age now when a lot of my friends are married yes with children about to have children or saving up for a wedding or something you know it's almost like they're adults and i'm not quite caught up to them yet <laughs> so yeah i identify very much so yeah and so it was kind of like well it makes sense to make connections on a personal level as well like if i need to make connections professionally why not make connections on a personal level so yes um people who are married and with children they tend not to want to just randomly go out for a pint in the pub at <laughs> the drop of a hat because like they've got a small person that they yeah. need to go home and feed or, or, or whatever yeah responsibilities and, so, and all that yeah exactly i mean talk about selfish but you know <laughs> kind of um and so oh yeah all these things came into the melting pot it's like let's expand my friendship circle my professional circle and all these sorts of things i was like i wanted to do it i really wanted to do it and i really wanted to feel uncomfortable and just see what happens just because what I've done so far hasn't worked. It hasn't gotten me anywhere. Yes. Um, and I wanted, yeah, I guess I wanted to change. I wanted that's, things to, to progress. You know? Well, that's very inspirational. I think a lot of people do have to get to a certain point where they're like, okay, whatever this is, isn't working. I mean, it doesn't sound like your story was one of, um, you know, seclusion on a hillside and, you know, all these horrible, horrible things. It seemed just like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. And perhaps the fact that I am not as social as other folks, maybe that's tying into some of my difficulties. And yeah. Would you exactly. say that, and this is just your opinion, obviously, um, do you think that introvert men have a bit of a harder time out there i mean it could be in regards to work friends dating than introvert women or would you say it's pretty much the exact same that's a good question um obviously you only have one side of the story but mm. yeah i think that i think that i think it is i think it is more difficult for men um to to admit or to um, to say that they they have a difficult time, or um, you know meeting people, whether it's uh, romantically, professionally, socially. Just I, I don't think I think admitting weakness mm. is is the issue, hmm. um, and I think that from there, whatever the weakness is, it's difficult to admit. Like nobody likes to. Um, you know, emerge and say, do you know what, I'm struggling with it, with X, Y, Z, whatever it might be. I think women are probably more likely to be able to do that. Hmm. Um, but I think that, I think it just stems from a kind of a macho, masculine, 
you know, reluctance to admit um, that you you're you, you are a certain way and you're you wish you wish you were different, but you don't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think it's a shame. I think it's a little bit taboo, and I think it's a shame. Um, but I mean, hopefully, people like myself and yourself by putting content out there into the world either on a blog or on a podcast we can kind of I don't know perhaps help people put down their guard a little bit and Mm. next time they're next time they decide they want to attend a social function or they're watching a beer and and they're watching their sports team in in a bar alone or whatever and they wish they could just approach a couple of people and go hey do you mind if i watch the game with you but because they're, they're feeling too nervous and shy to do it right. that they might you know think about well people do do it i'm not the only one who feels like this i'm just gonna um to quote myself stop thinking and start acting and i think the thinking i think they can be that can be really counterproductive and i think mm. it can put up barriers that aren't there they're there, they're there in your head but they're yep. not there in reality yeah, that's an excellent point. Obviously, as introverts, we have a rich interior life, and that's great, right? We have these, mm. you know, amazing thoughts or whatever. But sometimes it does get in the way because then we're like, okay, all the ramifications. I could go up to this guy, and he could be like, "What are you doing, you weirdo?" And he could yell at me, or he could beat <laughs> me up. Some girl could see me doing it and think I'm a wimp. The police might, you know, we, we come up with all these ideas that are not really valid. And once you, this is the, the irony though, of that advice, just be confident. Well, it's kind of hard to be confident until you've had those reference experiences where being confident worked out. Okay. So it does take a lot of courage initially to just go out and say, talk to some stranger, even at a bar, you know, if you're not wasted and over time you're like, Oh, I've done that five times. I've done that 50 times. I've done it 500 times. It's Mm. fine. But it's that beginning that's really hard to push through. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. Um, And I think the more that, the more that your mind is on the build up to it, the worse it is. It's almost like, it's almost like you wish you could just skip to the part where you ask them. You could just turn your brain off. Right. For the moments leading up to it. And then you'd be able to look back and go, oh, it wasn't such a big deal. Right. Right. But that's but that's the thing. It's it's that initial push. And it takes a lot of it takes a lot of strength. But it's not something in our society that you're necessarily uh, complimented for. You know, people don't realize the difficulty of doing it. You can climb a mountain. They're like, wow, that was impressive. That took a lot of fortitude and will. And if you're like, yeah. oh, I talked to four people at a meetup, and they're like, who cares? But for yeah, yeah. introverts, that's a big damn deal. Ah, oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone's everyone's got their own challenges, and everyone, you know, I, I, to to write something I wrote earlier today was that one person's mountain is another person's molehill. So telling someone that you spoke to four people at a meetup, or even went to a meetup. They might say, and what are you telling me for? That's <laughs> yeah. not a, that's just a normal day to day occurrence. They're like, no, you not. don't understand. I went to a meetup. 
yeah yeah exactly and you feel so excited and, and like impressed with yourself but to other people it's like yeah so what's what's the, what's your point <laughs> well that's why this whole thing is really interesting to me because it is character building and again for an extrovert to go out and talk to people big whoop that's not really pushing their comfort zone at all so uh, i mean it's fine for them but i don't think it really builds them as individuals for us it does it's a lot of resistance training there so it can spill over into other aspects of your life and with introvert unbound i talk about kind of dating a lot but also friendships and work and how basically you build it up in one category a lot of times it spills into the others so have have you found that phenomenon at all how it ties in the social and work all of that yeah i think so i think that um i think i found that the more i'm willing to to speak to people in in a social situation and then and and it turns out well yeah. or at least it's not a disaster then you're able to see how it's a it's almost like a transferable skill and and it's like okay so um i i remember from last time this happened and it was fine so you know you you are your experiences so if you if your experiences um increasingly are positive then uh then you'll you'll build those up they'll be in your recent memory and you're more likely to take action the next time an opportunity comes along yes. but the problem is if you don't take the initial step and give yourself evidence of, of what can happen when you do approach people and talk to people and step out of your comfort zone if you don't give yourself the opportunity to, to build that in the first place then you'll never get there you'll never you'll never reach that point um, and like we said before, it's just about ripping off that band-aid, mm. doing your best to get out of your own head. And then whether it's a, a professional situation or a social situation, the benefits will appear. Um, so last week, I, I, uh, so I've been encouraged since beginning this kind of career change course to ask people for things, but not, not ask a people for what I think I can get but ask people for what I want hmm. if you see the subtle difference there hmm. and it's I was encouraged to talk to strangers but also people I know just make requests of them and so last week I spoke to my boss and I said I'm not happy about this and I want that and I want to find out if I can do this and I just reeled off in a moment of like I'd had a bit of a shitty day and I was just like I almost don't care anymore yeah. and so I reeled these things off and I got some no's but I got some yeses and I got some maybes mm. and without having the, the the courage to actually speak out I wouldn't have any of that any of that and things would just continue as they were yeah and that's when it's easy to go well you know I'm an introvert so I can't you know there's nothing I can do about it it's like I'm powerless but, you know, I wasn't powerless and I'm exercising that muscle. And even though I get on quite well with my boss and I do like her as a person, it was still a big deal for me to to ask for these things because it's not in my nature yeah. at all. Well, that brings up an important point 
the concept of agreeableness. So that's a personality trait, you know, mm. where you don't want to ruffle people's feathers. And yeah, typically that that could be a good thing, right? That's that's a that's a positive trait in many situations where you're not needlessly causing conflict and all that. Um, of course, the downside of that is you're not necessarily asking for what you want and that can make you unhappy. And, you know, say you're at a company, sometimes asking for what you want can improve the company. I wonder if there is a tie in between the introvert personality and just agreeableness or is it just that we're less, we might actually be secretly disagreeable and are less likely to put ourselves out there. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think probably the latter. Okay. And I think, and I think every time that um, that you want to ask for something or you want to request something, and you don't, you're 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 compromising. You're compromising on on what you want, and I think each time you do that, it chips away at you, and you and you become more unhappy. And and I say, and, and so I think. I think you're right when you say that you are you could be secretly disagreeable which I think is a nice way to put it um but the um the desire is to come across as agreeable and I think Mm -hmm. the reasons for that are that like you said you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to risk you know the wrath of other people people not liking you and the other thing I think is that do not want to be in the spotlight uh, you do not want to be the center of attention and so the best way to avoid all of that is to just shrug your shoulders and go well i, I do want that but i mean i suppose it's okay things are okay how they are right. I, I mean i can i can i can make do with this it's, it's not too bad and you kind of convince yourself that you're okay with it mm-hmm. but really you're not you know so that's the compromise that makes sense yeah not wanting to make a scene not wanting mm. to be the person who is putting themselves out there and uh, exposing themselves, I guess, to vulnerability. Uh, ironically, the folks who are less dis- who are less agreeable, so more disagreeable, tend to make more money. So you have yeah. to be able to be assertive and have to be willing to be like, so, boss, um, I've, I've done this recently, so I do some writing, and um, I was contracting with the place for a while, and part of me, I'm like, you know, they're not paying me enough, but I don't... I have a decent relationship with the editor. I don't want to keep asking for more money because then what if it creates awkwardness? But then I was like, well, you know, so what? Let's say he does say no. I asked, would I resent him? Eh, Maybe a little, but not that much. Would he resent me for asking? No, because he has the final say. So I've been asking um, this particular editor and I, I asked for more money each time and each time it's it's worked. So I, I've actually raised the amount, well, significantly over over the last you know couple years, and uh, I don't know if I would have done that otherwise had I not started thinking differently. Yeah, exactly. And talking of resentment, if you if you hadn't asked, would you have resented y- yourself almost? Um, yeah, I would have resented myself and. <laughs> and him <laughs> I would have presented a lot of things the whole profession yeah. yeah so sometimes it's you got to put stuff out there and yeah what's the worst that's going to happen if you as an introvert 
not all of us, and I don't want to make these generalizations, but we are thoughtful, I mean, by nature. So yeah. chances are we're not saying a bunch of stupid shit. You know, we, we yeah. almost overthink. So if we think, all right, you know, maybe this, this is a reasonable ask. It probably is. Like, we can trust ourselves. It's those extroverts who maybe maybe they should uh, button their lip once in a while. <laughs> they should rein it in, yeah. yeah. They make us look bad. They make us look worse. They do. They do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've been talking for a little bit. I appreciate you taking the time. Maybe in summation, do you have any advice to, let's say there's a guy, and I don't know why I say guy, it's because I focus primarily on that, it could be a woman, it could be whatever, yeah. a person who is listening to this, who is saying, yeah, you know what, I am tired of sitting home every Saturday night, and I want to start yeah. getting out there, What's what are the first steps for this person? If they, if they really want to start getting out there, um, I think that I would say, I would say, get offline. Mm. So I think that um, the internet makes it easy to kind of hide behind, um, you know, with things like online dating and apps and stuff. If if they're thinking, oh, I'm tired of being in on a Saturday night, I'm going to go and get Tinder and get, you know, all these other apps. I'd say, forget that. Don't do that. What you what you should do is join things like meetup groups, find something that you're interested in, and I'd say start off small. But if you can find something that just a few people attend or that is that's really like it's not a, it's not a, a, a like a, a highly social occasion. So maybe let's say let's say you're into art, and let's say there's a group of people that are going to um, a gallery that you're interested in it's almost like you won't be the focus. Do you know what I mean? There's an activity there. So let, let's say it was an art gallery or the cinema or something that, uh, that had the focus of attention for you and other people. I think that's a good place to start as opposed to there's a group of people just going for, for beers. Do you want to come? Because that that might be a little bit too much too soon. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to be chatting. There's going to be groups of people. There's going to be questions asked. You're going to be listening. And it might not might not be the best place to start. But I think for me, what I did was I went to, I think one of my very first meetup groups was to go to a, a Greyhound dog racing. Huh. Because it was like, that's an activity whereby people are going to be you know focused on their on their dog on their on their on who they on the dog they've bet on yeah and i can easily s slip out with no one noticing yeah i i can easily you know not be the center of attention i still don't have to gamble there's alcohol there if that's your uh <laughs> that can help um and so that would be I, I, my advice as a good starting point yeah that's actually brilliant. I actually hadn't thought of that. It's true. There is a lot of pressure in going out and chatting because you are the center mm. of attention. There's interviews and everything like that. But having some other activity that's going on and you can yeah. just sort of sidle in, sidle out if you want, there's a lot less pressure. That's that's really good advice. Exactly, yeah. And I think, I think um, I'm so glad that I did that first um, because from there... I was able to just talk to a couple of people 
uh, I think there was probably about seven or eight of us there. And I, I was just talking to like one person at a time. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't quite so daunting. Um, but the fact that there's, I mean, dog racing is particularly good because they have a race like about every five minutes. So um, yeah. there's, all, there's always stuff going on. Um, and, and also it gives you a focus to talk about. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to go up to someone and kind of make small talk because you can talk about the, the activity that you're there for as well. Right. The topic of conversation is pretty obvious there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you, Richard, for taking the time to speak to me and coming on the podcast. And I definitely want to encourage folks to check out his blog, Introvert Going Out, which is at introvertgoingout.wordpress.com. He's really a good writer. It's very readable stuff. It's funny. It's charming. It's insightful. Check it out. He's also on Twitter at Introvert Going. And so thanks again, Richard. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Wade.